0: Active 911 is proud to partner with the Code 3 podcast. Active 911 designs technology for first responders to help heroes save lives. Learn more at active911.com.
1: You can't just delegate so that way you don't have to worry about it. You delegate so you can teach. You delegate so you can grow somebody. You delegate so you can mentor.
0: los angeles this is code three the firefighters podcast hosted by award-winning journalist scott Orr. now here's scott
2: that's right and i will not let parkinson stop me thank you for joining me today for another edition of code three this is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes I have a bit of a cold today, so I sound worse than usual, but we'll get through this whole show in one piece. Let's get started. If you're about to promote to company officer, this show is for you. Most firefighters want to move up and take charge of the crew. It's natural to assume you could do it better, right? And then there's the pay bump. But once you pass the test and are selected for the job, you may find out that it's a whole different ballgame than you thought it was. Especially these days, there isn't a whole lot of fire ground commanding involved in being a company officer. It's a good dose of administrative work, punctuated by training evolutions. And then, then you need to be ready for the structure fire when it happens. My guest today is here to discuss what he's learned about what it is to be a company officer. Jacob Johnson is a returning guest to Code 3. He's an assistant chief for the City of Perlin, Texas, Fire Department. He has over two decades in the fire service. And Jacob Johnson joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3.
1: Hello, Scott. How are you?
2: Doing well, thanks. So, you're an assistant chief now. Can you remember back to what your first day as a company officer was like?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was uh, It was exciting, but it was terrifying, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. It was that feeling of it's all on me. It was the feeling of pride. It was the feeling of, I hope I don't I won't screw this up. It was definitely, I'll probably say the most humbling yet easiest day of my career career thus far
2: how honest are you about your mistakes with the firefighters and your crew do you normally admit when you've screwed something up or do you just keep it to yourself and fix it
1: oh no absolutely i talk about it um and i guess that's that's one thing i could say that i definitely have grown uh over the years as an officer is uh, it used to be a bad thing to admit your mistakes. And I always thought, man, I don't, I don't ever want to admit that I messed this up. I just want to fix it and then do it right. But I have found, man, that vulnerability, which I've come to learn, is probably the most underestimated aspect of leadership. It really leads to growing you as a leader. And uh, I've learned that being able to have that conversation with your crew members and just saying, look, I screwed this up. I really need to uh, apologize for this or I need to rethink how we did this. And, uh, and here's how we're going to go forward. Uh, I've really grown in leadership that way. And I've really seen a change, uh, in how those, those crew members or those subordinates, uh, respond and, and how much they come back the next shift and the next shift and the next shift after that, uh, with a different attitude of like, okay, like, and do some things. We know that we can mess up. We know that when the Lou or when the captain, says that uh, we're going to do something, if it doesn't go right, that they're going to be honest about it. We're going to fix it and we're going to go forward. Uh, So I've always been very honest, uh, especially over the last five or six years, very honest about my mistakes and how to fix them. and, And really is why I go around nationally now and teach about my mistakes and teach about mentoring and where I've failed and how I've gotten better. And, and what I think it takes uh, to be a, a well-rounded officer.
2: So you're saying that by admitting that you made a mistake, you showed the guys that they're allowed to make mistakes too as long as they face it for next time?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely they're allowed to make mistakes. If if you're not allowed to make a mistake, the chances of you learning uh, are going to be very slim. And if I don't allow you to make a mistake, the chances of you even knowing that it was a mistake or knowing there's a possibility of a better way of doing things uh, is non-existent and that's our job that's our goal as officers is to be able to come back and say uh, hey I like the way you did this but there is a better way and let me show you and then that's where that mentoring comes into play because then they're going to go down and start teaching the new way to everybody or to those who come behind them uh, and really start growing those individuals.
2: Now, how did you adjust to the idea that you were no longer one of the guys and you couldn't just confide in them anymore?
1: I think that took me a while. It took me a while. And it's still taking me a while now uh, in the new position of being a chief. Is, you know, I had always, I've always had a couple of people that could just be my sounding board. And some were in the fire department that I worked for and some were not. But now as an assistant chief, like I still can't. I need to make that transition understand that those sounding boards I had as a battalion chief, I absolutely can't have as an assistant chief. And so it took me a while to understand the importance of that, right? Because if they're your sounding board, if they're your friend, if they're somebody that you've worked with, uh, which we're starting to really hit that in paralleling right? You, where you're working with the same people for 10 or 15 years, somebody that you came into the fire service with maybe, those conversations, though they're defined as vent sessions or sounding board sessions or however you want to, uh, name them. They have a certain emotional impact on the person that you're talking to. And that person, a change their belief or change their standard or change the way that they see things, uh, based on what you say, even though you're just trying to vent or just trying to use them as a sounding board. And it's not fair to that person for you to have that control. Uh, And so it's been a very hard challenge for me to understand in in some aspects, like I just can't have that conversation or I just can't go to this person anymore. Uh, And it's really led me to uh, reach out to mentors and to sounding boards or vent sessions uh, with people that are outside the fire department, uh, because I found that even sometimes that outside perspective makes me rethink my inside perspective. And then I come to a better resolution in the end.
2: I guess that applies to joking around also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
2: things that you know are obviously a joke might not be so obvious to them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is, as you move up, and that's starting with company officer all the way to where I am now, your jokes are no longer jokes. And, and even though some of them may be seen as a joke when you're a firefighter, uh, they may not be a joke then to some people. And so you really have to to understand where you're coming from. You really have to understand the audience that you're talking to. And you have to understand that when you have those titles, when you have those ranks, when you have those speaking trumpets on your chest, each one carries a different weight, which means your jokes hit at a different weight. And so one example that I have um, that I wrote in one of my latest articles, uh, Good Morning Lou, was that uh, I was assigned to an engine company as a company, and I was uh, training and, and we were making fires and or we making a lot of runs and we were doing a lot of really good work. And, uh, I had a guy there on overtime and he came up to me and he was like, what would it take for me to come work for you? What would it take for me to come work on this engine company? You know, and I, I jokingly, but yet arrogantly said, get in line brother and start training only the elite, uh, of the elite work on the website on engine company five. Well, What I didn't realize was that moment I was joking, but he was serious. Like he looked up to my crew and not just me. Like he looked up to the whole crew and how we functioned and how we trained and how we loved the job. And, and, uh, he took it serious as like, man, I am, I am subpar to engine five on the B shift. And and I really need to step my game if I want to work for him. And that's not anything that you ever want anybody to feel. You don't want them to feel subpar. You don't want them to feel like they're not good enough. You want them to strive to, to, to love the job and you want them to strive to perform at a high level, but you don't want to put them down in a way that makes them think they're incapable of joining that engine company. Uh, and it took, it took my driver coming up to me and saying, Hey, I I don't think that so-and-so was joking today. Um, I really think that, uh, you need to stay humble, like you always tell us. And man, that that really did hit me a different way, and really made me look into some of the ways I was portraying ourselves uh, as an engine. It can
2: be difficult to make that transition between being able to joke around about anything and knowing what it is you can actually joke around about.
1: Exactly, and and there, I think there's times where you can just joke and. And if you, if you laugh, if you can say that same thing and be like, oh, just get in line, brother, and start laughing and then really have a serious and then follow that up with a serious conversation of like, if you really want to come over here, here's the proper steps to come over here and request it. But by just saying something like just get in line, brother, and start training and we're the elite of the elite and like really overemphasizing all of that, it goes from a joke to like uh, – uh, uh degrading session, and it it really does kill the whole the whole moment and any opportunity you have to try to get uh, somebody be success try to get to where somebody can be successful in their career. Did
2: you ever go back to that guy? Uh,
1: you know, I didn't, and and I'm not out of that fact. I will say that you know by the time I realized I really didn't fix that aspect, and I need to go speak to this individual. Uh, he had left our fire department to go uh, overseas, uh, with the military. And, uh, and I never did get to reach out to him and have that type of conversation of like, Hey, that day, just let you know, you were good enough and just let you know, I was a jerk. You know, I should have said those things. I should have reemphasized that sentence and, and followed it up with a serious conversation. I don't think that it would have changed his decision as far as going overseas and leaving us, uh, for the military. But I think it probably would have set better with him and he would have known in that moment that, you know, he was good enough. He could have rode our engine any day of the week.
2: I'll be back with more right after this.
0: Looking to decrease your response times with active alert, get calls straight to your phone from dispatch via the app available for Android iPhones and tablets. Plus get directions to the scene, have all CAD notes in one place, see who's responding, and quickly identify nearby map markers like hydrants and preplans. With a low per device price, Active Alert is a must-have tool for first responders. See for yourself why it's trusted by thousands of firefighters nationwide. Start your free trial today at Active911.com.
2: how do you balance the difference between delegating tasks and making sure you don't ask your crew to do anything you wouldn't do yourself?
1: Uh, you know, I think one it's, you have to have that, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with some Michael Jackson here that, that man in the mirror, uh, you have to, you have to look at that person in the mirror every day and, and you have to say, okay, you know, this person staring back at me is a direct reflection. And what is that person represent? Right. And, And, you know, at at all times do I think there is an opportunity to delegate, but I think you also have to respect the fact that each thing that you delegate out, you must mentor on how to handle that certain task or that certain situation. Uh, You can't just delegate so that way you don't have to worry about it. You delegate so you can teach. Uh, You delegate so you can grow somebody. You delegate so you can mentor. It's one thing to, to tell a chauffeur, hey, make sure apparatus day is done versus telling that same show for like, hey, make sure that we fill out this report for the chief, right? So if you're going to fill out a report for the chief, you should sit with them the first couple of times and show them how to do it and mentor them and teach them. So then that way they learn and they learn the why and they understand the importance behind the report. You know, an officer shouldn't have to be involved in an apparatus day uh, if there's some other pressing items. Officers should absolutely uh, be involved in the Inspection of the apparatus and make sure that it was done correctly, and make sure that everything was filled out correctly. Right, have that little bit of accountability uh, that seems to be escaping the fire service at a rapid rate. Uh, If you if you instill accountability, you won't have to inspect very much. Right, I think that's the most important thing to remember is when delegate. You're delegating in order to grow. You're delegating in order to teach. Delegate tasks out that you know have to get done, but that your crew is very good at doing simple things. Station day, apparatus day, bay day, TBA check, stuff like that. That all is stuff that is delegated every day to that crew. Uh, but also understand that when you delegate a task because you're truly overwhelmed or truly busy, take the time to teach that task. Take, take the time to explain the why. So that way you're growing that individual uh, so you set them up for success in the future.
2: Along those same lines, how important is it to remember the training needs to include officers too, even if there's admin work to get done?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's very important that officers train. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of cliche to say, like everybody trains, every day is a training day, officers should train because people say, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But when it comes down to it, your skill sets and your ability to, to be confident and competent in those skill sets is just important as the, as the members of your crew. And then I had a failure in that as well. It's something that, that I wrote, something I I teach on now is, you know, back in, I think it was 2014, March 21st, actually of 2014, it was cold, man. It was a cold night. We were on the West side. We were busy uh as we always were on that side of town um we were training rookies at the same time as we were uh working on uh, budget and we were working on requests and I had reports to do and I had quartermaster duties to do and so on and so forth and um so I asked the guys to train the rookie on hose stretches and throwing a ladder and over at one of our firehouses we have like a little back alleyway on the on the delta side of the house where it's just about four or five foot wide and, you know, it, it makes a lot of throw challenging. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So had them stretch in lines, which we did every tour anyways, and then step it up a notch and, and start throwing lines in tight spaces. Um, my thing was, is that I would always let them teach. Then I would come out and confirm. And then on the weekends I would go through, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would do the skill myself. Well, I realized on this night, man, like post stretch went fine. Right, like I can stretch a hose, but then I really struggled throwing the twenty-eight foot ladder. It was a two-section ladder. It was in a four-foot alley, and I really struggled throwing it. And and I was embarrassed. Uh, I mean, beyond embarrassed to where I almost just wanted to go home. Right, because here I was, I'm in it and I couldn't even perform the skill that I was expecting them to perform, and that the rookie needed uh, in order to uh, get the book signed off so he could get off probation. And so I said, uh, I said, man, I got to get better. And so for the next several tours, I would throw ladders in different places in the alleyways and wide open spaces, carries, I would reconfirm all of my ability so I could get confident and competent. And then I could always meet those expectations. And from that day forward, I always made it known. Like when you train, I train, like, I understand I have things to do, but there's nothing more important than doing our job and making sure we're there for our students. I'm not sure that we, that we perform to those expectations, so I have to be able to train when you train and not just depend on everyone else to do it, thinking that I'll be able to perform it out a drop of a hat.
2: And that's a good way to wrap things up. Jacob Johnson, thanks for talking with me today on Code 3.
1: Thank you very much for the invite, Scott. I really enjoyed it.
2: And there's more about Jacob's leadership philosophy on our website at code3podcast.com slash newlt. That's code3podcast.com slash newlt. Please go take a look. It'll be worth your time. And please tell a firefighter who wants to promote to officer about this episode. It's the best way to get more people listening, so I would really appreciate it chances are they'll get something out of it, too. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3 and My Voice. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe.
0: To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to
1: Code3Podcast.com.